I don't have any students that I don't believe in. I think all my students have a lot of potential. What do you think of when I say the word education? Do you hear that ringing bell from high school? Or maybe you can picture your early mornings and late nights spent writing papers. Maybe you even feel the panic of waking up late during finals week. Well, the point is that education has impacted all of our lives. Education is a big deal. But how often do we talk about those who make it possible for us to show up and attend lecture? Today, I'm speaking with two professors from New Mexico State University. Christian Finlater from the Astronomy Department and Dr. Liz Herodovich from the History Department. My goal is simple, to find out what motivates them as educators and to discuss some of their experiences in the profession. So what I wanted to talk about today is education and more specifically at the college level and professors and their personal motivations for why they chose their career. So. Before we get into the motivations, could you tell me what does being an educator mean to you? Faculty at a research institution really have two obligations. Uh, they have to keep themselves sharp uh, as researchers in order to uh, have an up-to-date understanding of the material that they're attempting to teach their students. Uh, and they also have to continue to develop more effective ways to convey that material to their students, both at the undergraduate and the graduate level. And finding a balance between these two obligations is, is an ongoing challenge for all of us. Um, I think that being an educator, to me, on a very baseline level, means modeling what it means to be, or what it looks like to be curious about the world. I think that uh, a lot of people who are educators just have a great enthusiasm in general for learning at large. There's just so much to learn out there, whether it's about World War One or photosynthesis or irregular French verbs. Um, and I think that a lot of educators, myself included, are just sort of have a capacious appetite for learning about all there is to learn in the world. So I think that part of being an educator is modeling that enthusiasm. I find that a lot of students tend to grow up with maybe not the best intellectual habits and don't have models of enthusiasm about learning around them on a regular basis. So I think that that's part of the general mission is to show people what it's like to want to learn or to be curious about the world, if that makes sense. That's a really impressive response. <laughs> um, so like kind of along the lines of your first point being excited to learn. Mm -hmm. Obviously, educators are still learning all the time. So mm -hmm. I kind of want to ask, because most professors have their own research topic. Mm -hmm. and do. do you currently have any research going I on? I do. I am um, actually a historian of Europe. So I'm teaching global history, but I've never taught global history before. And I'm teaching it because I want to learn those subjects. Uh, so traditionally, up until now, I've always taught a European survey. And my research area is European history. And my more specific research area is early modern history, so the history of Europe between 1400 and 1600, and even more specifically, it's Italy and Venice, the city of Venice in particular. So Venice is the place where I've always gone to do my research, I've written a bunch of books on Venice, and now uh, my research is kind of expanding outwards and becoming more focused on global history, which is why I'm teaching this class in part to sort of develop a broader base in that area. And my research right now is I'm writing a book about the way that when Europeans quote unquote discovered America, we tend to think that 
Columbus came to the Caribbean and then we had America. But uh, my research that I'm doing right now shows that when Europeans came to America, they actually thought it was Asia for over 150 years. So I'm writing this book about the ways that Europeans painted or wrote about or represented the Americas as Asia in the 16th century. So that's my new kind of global history research topic right now. And do you have a working title for that book in case mm -hmm. anyone yeah. listening? It's called Amerasia, uh, a Renaissance discovery in the first global age. So there you go, in case yep. anyone would like to look that up. <laughs> and do you have any research you're working on currently that you're excited about? Yes, I do have research that I'm working on and I'm very excited about it. In fact, I was just thinking about it this morning while I was on my bicycle headed over here. At this point, our conversation veered off topic and onto bicycles for a couple minutes. So unfortunately, we never got back to his research topic. And I being the somewhat busy, mostly forgetful college student that I am, kept forgetting to ask him in class. Both professors were excited about their research. You could hear it in their voices. But you couldn't see what I saw, which was this twinkle in their eye when they talked about something so important and intimate to them. Are there any parts of like the edu educational process that you enjoy more or less? Like teaching over grading or people coming to see you in office hours? I think all of us educators enjoy most of those moments that we spend one-on-one -on -one with students that are strongly motivated to learn. Uh, so during office hours when people come with questions or when people come after class and want clarifications, those are our favorite moments. Uh, uh, grading, is, uh, grading is always interesting because some things that you think you were very clear on, it turns out you weren't very clear about. And other things that you think were hard, the students will do very well. So grading is always full of surprises. I think the thing that we all enjoy least is the administrative things, figuring out to do, um, what to do with students that missed three lectures in a row owing to you know family circumstances or five lectures in a row owing to being um, sick. You know, how to decide whether those students can still complete the class or whether they should just withdraw. Those are the things we don't like thinking about. There, I don't have any students that I don't believe in. I think all my students have a lot of potential. Um, but because of uh, misconceptions that they have with regards to their own capacities or because of personal challenges, uh, a lot of them wind up performing at a lower level than I think they're capable of. And the limitations in my ability to help them make up the gap between what they're capable of and what they actually achieve is something that we all, uh, I think, suffer a little bit from. However, Dr. Horodovich's biggest concern with education actually comes from class sizes. The bigger a class is, the lower the student success rate is, because you don't know students' names, there's just too many people in a class, people are on their phones in the back row. So I would say that's an aspect of my job these days that I find very frustrating is teaching those large classes. Um, it just shouldn't be done. It's a disservice to students and a disservice to instructors. So what would you say the ratio of teaching, grading, all that would be to your other research or you know, family huh. matters, any like personal stuff you have to take care of? Wow, that's a hard question to answer because I think there are a lot of jobs where you kind of clock in from nine to five and your work is very separate from the rest of your life. Um, but I think that academics, their work and their lives blend together really organically, so it's kind of hard to separate them out or measure them. 
And what that means is that sometimes, you know, professors might work until one or two in the morning if they have a deadline, if they're writing a lecture. But on the other hand, they may not uh, go to work or work in their office or teach a class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that you just have a completely different and much more organic work to life ratio. Uh, it's a type of work that totally takes over every nook and cranny of your life. <clears throat> every department has its own guidance for its faculty in terms of how they're meant to allocate their time. Um, but generally speaking, um, the faculty will be spending between 40 and 60% of their time research and then the balance of it on uh, their teaching obligations depending on what the nature of their appointment is and uh, they're meant to try and find time for the rest of life outside of those obligations. Just try to fit everything in. That's right. What could you tell me about your, your own personal goals for being a professor? Those will evolve over the course of my tenure here uh, because I'm what's called pre-tenure. So, over the next few years, I'm going to be working hard to find the balance between getting my own research done and working with the collaborators that I had before I got here and developing new collaborations on the one hand and uh, trying to become a more effective educator uh, in the classroom. Um, if I successfully get through the tenure hurdle, then the department will expect me to uh, scale up my participation uh, with the administrative functions, uh, serving in committees and leading initiatives uh, to make the university a better place for everyone. Uh, and additionally, I'll always be you know, trying to, to uh, work on my teaching and my research. They both gave different answers, but similar, because they both alluded to life as a professor being a division of having to do so many different duties. I was intrigued by Dr. Hrodovich, so I, I wanted to follow up with her. See, I, I find that interesting because as someone who wants to go into an educational field, I just think working all the time, but you enjoy it, would you classify that more as a lifestyle at that yeah, point? Yeah, it's definitely of, more almost of a lifestyle than a job or a career. Because Absolutely. it's something you really want to do. It's it's what you wake up to do in the morning. It's not just yeah, to pay bills. And a lot of your travel is associated with your research. So you might go on a trip that's part, quote unquote, vacation, but it's also related to your work. So it's very hard to separate one out from another. Definitely. And that question will bring me to the end of my conversation with these two very thoughtful and articulate professors. I'd just like to thank them again for participating and you guys for listening.